can we rescue family members and loved ones from the Watchtower Society? Why do Jehovah's Witnesses understand the Bible through Watchtower-tinted lenses? Why do they only see in the Bible what they have been told to see by the leaders of the Watchtower? And how can we reach them for Christ? Family Shield Ministries Counter Cult Ministry has ministered to and helped train hundreds of family members over the years that are trying to get their loved ones out of this organization. It's hard and challenging. Today, we're going to begin a two-part series that will help you learn how to rescue your loved one from the Watchtower. My guest is David Reed, a former Jehovah's Witness and elder who, after leaving the organization, has written many books and has helped thousands of Christians rescue loved ones from the Watchtower Society. Today, we'll focus on advice he shares in his book, how to rescue your loved one from the Watchtower. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, David, for being our guest today on Family Shield. Thank you for inviting me, Kay. It's a pleasure. Oh, we're thankful that you were able to do that. So for our listeners that don't know who you are, and I pulled out several of your books from my library that I've had for years. So you have lots of books, and we're going to focus on this one today, but some great resources for people trying to learn how to respond to their loved ones. But tell our listeners a little bit about your life in the Watchtower Society and why you left after becoming a Jehovah's Witness and an elder. Well, I actually had become an atheist when I was a teenager, and I was uh, brought up in the Unitarian Church where the pastor gave out literature that said some Unitarians believe in God and some do not. And I became one of the ones that did not. And uh, so when I was working alongside of a Jehovah's Witness uh, and talking to him, uh, his arguments from the Bible seemed very convincing to me because I was ignorant of the Bible. And so I just uh, very quickly got involved in that organization and got pulled in. And after a number of years, I became an elder, and uh, I married my wife, Penny, who was a Jehovah's Witness, and she was what was called a pioneer uh, that's going house-to-house full-time selling the watchtower, and I was doing the same thing. And uh, the two of us were very, very dedicated Jehovah's Witnesses. But as, uh, as we went through the years, we went to a Jehovah's Witness convention in the Providence Civic Center where tens of thousands of witnesses were gathered And when we left, we ran into uh, some picketers that had one of the signs in particular said, read the Bible, not the watchtower. And we looked at each other and decided, well, we really should be reading the Bible, not not to leave, but to be better Jehovah's Witnesses. But when we started reading the Bible, we ran into Jesus. And (laughs) the message in the New Testament is loud and clear. And the more I read in the New Testament, the more I saw myself as a Jehovah's Witness elder being like the Pharisees that Jesus was always butting heads with. Uh, the Pharisees were interfering and, and uh, teaching commands of men as doctrines, is what Jesus said about them. And I realized I was doing that as a Jehovah's Witness elder. And little by little, um, Penny and I realized we needed to be following Jesus rather than following an organization. We didn't think that we'd end up leaving the witnesses, though. We thought we could do that. 
but uh, they ended up putting us on trial and silencing us for things that we said from the Bible, and uh, we ended up leaving and and, uh, ended up in a Baptist church. That's um, wonderful. God (laughs) led you to read the Bible, and that's where you met Jesus. And that's so true. God's Word is about Jesus Christ. Even the Old Testament shares that. That that's a great testimony, and we're so thankful that the Lord did leave you, lead you and your wife Penny out of the Watchtower Society, and um, you were in it for thirteen years. But it's been many years since you left. Is that correct? Yes, we actually left in nineteen eighty-two. Okay, nineteen eighty-two. So you have many years of ministering to people that are frantic to find a way to rescue their loved one from the Watchtower Society, the organization that leads and directs Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Why is it so hard for Christians to reach their loved ones who have become active witnesses? Well, there's a couple of problems. One is on the witness end, and the other one is on the problem with the loved ones, not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Jehovah's Witnesses, first of all, once they get converted, uh, they're told very quickly that the devil is going to try to get them out of that organization. And they're told them that the Watchtower is God's organization, and the devil is going to send somebody, maybe even a loved one or a relative, to try to get them out. And so they better watch out for it. And so when you come along and try to say to your relative, uh, you know, this is a, a false cult, they're thinking, oh, the witnesses were right. Here comes the devils using somebody to try to get me out. So it, that's why it's very, very important to step in as quickly as you can if a relative is getting involved in the witnesses before they reach that point that they're convinced that this is God's organization and that anybody trying to get them out is being sent by the devil. And then the other problem that makes it so difficult is that Christians who are trying to reach Jehovah's Witnesses have a very strong tendency to try to do it with through biblical arguments, and especially arguing on the Trinity and trying to prove the Trinity to the Witnesses. Well, the Trinity argument is the one that they're most prepared to defend, because at their meetings... Uh, they're not just sitting there listening to a pastor preach about the Bible. Uh, they're listening to rehearsed um, practice sessions of how to answer somebody who isn't a witness. And they rehearse what to do if somebody comes to them and opens the Bible and shows them passages that indicate that Jesus is God and that the Holy Spirit is God and that God is triune. And they practice how to answer all the different arguments that Christians might bring up. So when you go to a witness and think, well, okay, I'm going to show them, it's really obvious to me that that, uh, Jesus is God and that God is a trinity, and and I'm going to show them, well, they've rehearsed that and practiced it and watched it over and over again. And so they know exactly what they're trained to say, and you you end up wearing yourself out. Yeah. Uh, People don't realize what the main chief doctrine of the Watchtower is, uh, and their chief doctrine is what all their other doctrines depend on, and that doctrine is that the Watchtower Society is God's organization, God's channel of communication, God's mouthpiece on earth, 
Mm-hmm. So whatever the watchtower says is right, and whatever you say is is wrong. And so unless you go after that doctrine, you're missing the point. And that's kind of the point of, and we're not going to talk totally about that. I want to go through your book. But that's the point of your book is if you really want to reach your loved ones for Christ or anyone that's a Jehovah's Witness, you have to put cracks in the foundation, and their foundation is not in God's Word, as most people believe, and and they even tell you it is, but it's in their organization, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, that the people trust so much that they'll reject their family and friends if they keep witnessing to them. Uh, that that's just sad. And uh, although I've always known it all of these years, your your book just convicted me more and more. But also, you give a way to do this without. My challenge has always been working with families, as I don't want the families divided. And um, if you get into an argument with them, they will stop talking to their loved ones. And and how can you reach them if you don't even have a relationship with them? So thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. So you've already kind of explained one of the questions I was going to ask, but since it's in your book, I'm going to ask it anyway. Why do our loved ones need to be rescued? Because the word rescue is in your book, and it it indicates there's something serious going on here. So just talk a little bit about why you use the word rescue in your book. Well, because the Jehovah's Witness organization really is a cult. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the standpoint of Christian theology, they teach cultic doctrines, they deny the deity of Christ, they deny the importance of Christ in a person's walk with God, Uh, they relegate Christ to an angel, a mere angel, the first angel God created, and uh, so they deny you any relationship with Jesus. So theologically, it's it's uh, leading to death rather than to life, because Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But even from a sociological standpoint, uh, the Jehovah's Witness organization is a cult, because they teach such uh, things as avoid independent thinking, and don't question what the organization says and they cut people off from family members. Once a person becomes entrenched in the witnesses, they're intentionally supposed to cut off any relationship with their non-witness relatives. They'll make some attempts to witness to them, but if they don't respond and become Jehovah's Witnesses themselves, they'll cut off their relatives. And then even if their own children uh, don't become devoted witnesses, they'll cut them off. Uh, if their child needs a blood transfusion, they'll refuse because the organization says that you can't have a blood transfusion, and children and, and adults have died, thousands of them, refusing blood transfusions. Right. So it really is a cultic organization, both from a Christian theological standpoint and from a secular sociological standpoint. Okay, very good. So let's touch for a minute. You talk about three stages, stages of reaching them. And the first is that it's easier to reach them when they have just begun studying with them. I would usually say before they're baptized into the organization. I don't know if you would agree with that. But explain why it's easier to reach them at the beginning. Well, very good point, because uh, at the very beginning, 
a person is typically someone who isn't too knowledgeable of the Bible, uh, or somehow the witnesses have convinced them that they have the right interpretation of the Bible. And the, the farther that they get into their lessons with the Jehovah's Witnesses, the more they become cut off from the outside world and from the possibility of talking to them like a rational human being. Uh, because they're told, as I mentioned a minute ago, first of all, that the devil is going to send someone to tell them to stop studying with Jehovah's Witnesses or to get out of the organization. Uh, also, they're told to stop reading other literature, just read the Watchtower's literature. Once they stop doing that, they become very isolated in their thinking. Uh, they're told to stop using other Bible translations, except for the one the Watchtower produced which has been doctored to support the Watchtower's teachings. So each different lesson that they go through with the witnesses week after week gets them deeper and deeper into cultic thinking. And once they get all the way into it, and they're baptized and dedicated to the organization, it becomes very, very difficult to reach them. Not impossible, yeah. because God's Word can accomplish it. Right. More difficult. More difficult. And then you talk about a honeymoon stage, uh, I think that was the term you used. What happens during that time, and why is that the most difficult time to reach them? Well, the, a person may have been in... Uh, the witnesses typically find people who are somewhat distressed, somewhat unhappy, somewhat discontented with their life for one reason or another. Uh, they may find someone who's just moved to a new neighborhood and they're not, they haven't made any friends yet. They may found, find someone who, because of their personality, has difficulty making friends uh, they may find someone who's just lost a marriage mate or lost their boyfriend or girlfriend or lost a loved one in death. They find people at vulnerable points, and the witnesses just love bomb them. They surround them with loving attention and, and all kinds of interest and bring them into the organization, tell them now they're going to have a good relationship with God, and, and they have a, a, a lot of good relationships with these other people who are surrounding them. And so they become very uh, happy. They they tend to be lifted out of whatever it was that they were in, and it's almost like a honeymoon. They're mm. just sort of like a newly married person who doesn't know the flaws of the person they married yet. And uh, because of that honeymoon period, it's a very, very difficult time to, to reach them once they've fully embraced the organization like that. Okay, good. I'm going to make a few announcements, and then we'll come back to continue talking with David Reed, the author of How to Rescue Your Loved One from the Watchtower. And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. Our radio ministry is aired on 50 stations and we have a podcast. One of our outreach services is the Counter Cult Ministry. Today, Family Shield is giving away several tracks that will help you learn what witnesses believe and how you can respond to them. To request the tracks, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email witness2family at gmail.com. Please give us your complete name and address when you call or write. You can sign up to receive our complimentary email newsletter on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. 
Your prayers and support are critical. Please prayerfully consider a gift to Family Shield this month. Send your gift to Family Shield, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also find information about David Reed's book on our website, as well as my book, Mission Field on Our Doorstep, Jehovah's Witnesses. And uh, we're going to continue this part one of a two-part series right now with David Reed. Uh, Right before we went to announcements, I was talking about the stages of reaching them, and he had just finished talking about the honeymoon stage. And I believe you said then, you know, eventually that honeymoon stage is over and maybe that's a better time as we segue to more in your book. Uh, Why is, how long does that take and when is that stage over so that maybe people could more effectively reach them with the gospel? Well, it varies from person to person. The, the most important thing to do is to find out a relative or friend is studying with the witnesses. Act very, very quickly and try to talk to them with the information in my book. If, if they go ahead and get baptized, that's usually the honeymoon period, right around the time of their baptism and immediately following it. And what happens after that is that all of a sudden they find that everybody in the Jehovah's Witness congregation isn't really interested in them and isn't really their friend. Uh, they, they were intentionally given all that extra attention to draw them into the organization, but once they're signed, sealed, and delivered by being baptized as a witness, uh, that interest fades away, and that can make someone begin to think, oh, what's really going on here? And then the longer somebody is in the witness organization, the more they find that they're being abused by the organization. It's it's not a loving organization. It doesn't preach Christ's love. And uh, people are abused by it, and sometimes they feel they're stuck because uh, once they've been in it for a number of years and their family is in it, their friends are all in it, they have no more connections on the outside, Their children have married other Jehovah's Witnesses, and so they have family bonds in there. And then if the organization uh, changes some doctrine and maybe disfellowships a family member, throws them out, says you can't talk to them anymore, then they're stuck. And so then they can begin to realize that they're really being treated badly by that organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And they can also be in it long enough to see these doctrinal changes, which the Watchtower is notorious for, and if the changes are in one direction, that's one thing, but they'll flip back and forth on their doctrines. And those things can help get a person start to think, maybe this isn't really God's organization. Okay, so that, that's a good thing for our, our family members and loved ones that are trying to reach the witness to watch for times or maybe questions. Uh, that's good. Now, you uh, uh, talk about an overall strategy in Chapter 3 of your book. Uh, why does a well-planned barrage of Bible verses usually fail to make a dent in the Jehovah's Witness teaching? Well, you can end up playing what I call Bible ping-pong with the Jehovah's Witness. If you have a witness who's trained in their beliefs, they'll have an answer to almost everything you say. And when you're talking, they're not really listening. They're thinking about the answer that they're going to give. And the reason for that is that they're they're accustomed to these practice sessions that they have at their meetings where they're trained to uh, respond to things that people say from the Bible. 
and uh, you need a strategy that's going to undermine the organization instead. Uh, you could compare it to a woodsman going out to chop down a tree with an axe in his hand. Well, if he walks up to the tree and starts swinging at the branches and swinging at the leaves, that's not going to take the tree down. But if you're going up to a Jehovah's Witness and challenging them on the Trinity and challenging them on what they believe about life after death and trying to talk to them about various other watchtower doctrines, it's sort of like swinging at those leaves and branches with your axe. Mm. And all those leaves and branches are held up by the trunk of the tree, and the trunk, in this case, is the Watchtower organization. And so their main belief is that the Watchtower organization is God's channel of communication on Earth, and anything that the Watchtower says is correct. Uh, even if it says the Bible is, is this way or that way, if they change it, they think, well, the new version must be correct, because the Watchtower says so. So your strategy has to be to show them that the Watchtower organization is false. But you have to approach it in a certain way, because, again, they've been told that somebody coming up to them and showing them that the Watchtower is false is being sent by the devil. So you can't just come right up to somebody who's been in the witnesses for a while and tell them that. You you have to approach them in a way that will put them off guard. And the strategy would involve asking questions rather than saying, look, here, I've got evidence the Watchtower is a cult. You go up and you say, uh, here's a photocopy of a Watchtower uh, prophecy that they made, saying the world was going to end with Armageddon in 1975. Have you seen this? Is this? Could you check this in your library at the Kingdom Hall and see if it's real? And, and you know, so ask them different questions rather than confront them. So that's the type of strategy you have to follow, especially if you're dealing with the a loved one who you don't want to have them uh, go back to the elders, and the elders will say to them, "Hey, you stop talking to your relative because they're trying the devil oh, yes. trying to leave you out of the organization." Right. So right. You, you have to be very careful not to break the relationship. Good. So, in I think it was that same chapter, you talked about two women who came to your door, and you asked them some questions uh, to. Where do you find in the Bible your belief that the great crowd of true believers today will be rewarded with everlasting life on earth instead of in heaven? And you you explain that and then explain that this lady saw uh, the wrong word. She read the Bible and it said one thing, but she saw something else. Just and maybe that's not the best example to use in the little bit of time we have left. But because I know the great crowd is confusing for many that they believe in a totally different heaven than us. That 144,000 are going to go to the heavenly kingdom, and the rest will be on paradise earth. But you probably know that story better than I. Just wanted to bring it up. Could you share what you did and why? That happened as kind of a foundation of the challenge we face when we try to talk to witnesses. Yes, in, in this particular case, the witnesses, I knew that they, of course, believed that the great crowd represents the vast majority of Jehovah's Witnesses on the earth. And so I had them read in Revelation about a great crowd in uh, Revelation chapter 7. And then I had them turn over to, in their own Bible, to Revelation chapter 19, verse 1, where it talked about a great crowd in heaven. Revelation 19, verses 1 and verses 6 talk about this great crowd of 
of everyone who believes, and they're in heaven. And I had her read the passage, and she read it and said, great crowd in heaven. And so after she read it in her own Bible, I said, now where does it say the great crowd is? (laughs) And she said, on earth. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, would you read that again? And when she read great crowd in heaven, I stopped her right there, and I said, what was that last word you read? And she said, well, it says heaven, but we have men in Brooklyn that would explain it better, that the great crowd really is on earth. Mm. So that just illustrates their thinking, that they can see one thing in the Bible and actually see something else, because the Watchtower tells them to see earth instead of heaven, mm-hmm. even though it's right there in black and white in the Bible. That's how controlling the brainwashing is that they're under. Yeah, you bet. So in chapter four, and I know we're going to run out of time here. We're going to we're doing a two part series. So when this is done, we're going to uh, uh, also have next week uh, our second part of the same program on how to rescue your loved one from the Watchtower, uh, written by David Reed. But in chapter four, you talk about techniques that work, how to ask questions, being a student and playing dumb going slow and asking them to read verses out loud. Those are all just a few of the great things. Oops, and we have two minutes left. Just, uh, uh, you know, kind of set that we'll talk, we'll continue talking about this next week. But just anything else in the two minutes we have left that our listeners need to know. You've shared a couple times the importance of uh, helping them understand the Watchtower Society is a false prophet and does not speak for God. But what else do our listeners need to know in just two minutes, David? Well, if you're if they're just getting involved with the Jehovah's Witness, your loved one is, then you can tell them right away, this is a false cult. Here, let me show you why. Uh, you need to know more about their history. You need to know about their doctrinal flip-flops and, and the false teachings nonsense that they taught in the past. But if they're deeply committed already as a Jehovah's Witness, you don't dare to approach them with that type of an approach, because they'll immediately say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if they go back to the elders, the elders will say, you better not talk to that person. They'll label you as what they call an opposer. Yep. And so that's where you need to play dumb and ask questions, questions that will get them to think. And you can see illustrations of that in the way our Lord taught, because Jesus often spoke to crowds and asked them questions mm-hmm. and got them to think for themselves. And so you need to be very, very careful with someone who's already committed as a witness that you don't say something that's going to enable the elders to say, stop talking to you to that person because the devil is sending them. All right. And we're going to share more uh, on part two of this uh, radio series about how you can reach your loved ones uh, that are caught in the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. My guest, again, is David Reed, author of many books, including this one that we're talking about today, and we'll continue this discussion next time. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.